Good morning. Good morning. Man, it's been a week, hasn't it? I'm telling you, it seemed like we've lived a couple of years in this past week. Just our family, a lot of things going on. And uh, I'm sure that everybody has something similar happening. That sets us up well for our topic today. Today we're going to talk about worry. Talk about worry. So uh, that's going to uh, probably uh, impact all of us here. Some of you are happy and carefree and probably don't worry about anything. And some of you worry about everything. In fact, some of you are starting to worry right now because you are afraid that you worry too much, right? I mean, it really is a plague on us. Uh, you worry enough for the entire world. The rest of us can take it easy because you worry. Uh, I was looking up this up online and, uh, you know, about worry. And here's some advice from the internet. Not recommending it, but just tell you what it said. There are only two things to worry about. Either you'll remain healthy or you'll get sick. If you remain healthy, then there's nothing to worry about. But if you get sick, there are only two things to worry about. Either you'll get well or you'll die. If you get well, there's nothing to worry about. But if you die, there are only two things to worry about. Either there is an afterlife or there isn't an afterlife. If there is an afterlife, then there's nothing to worry about. If there isn't an afterlife, you won't know, so don't worry and be happy. I don't recommend that. That's horrible theology. It's not true at all because we know that there is an afterlife. But I will say this, that if you are a believer, if you are a Christian, then you should not worry at all. But if you are not a believer, if you've never given your life to Christ, you alone more than anybody, exclusively you have a lot to worry about. But we're going to talk about how to, how to, how to resolve that today. And today Jesus is going to talk to all of us about worry. And we're studying the Sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. And this is a, a very prominent passage. We're going to read it, read it a few moments and you're going to say, oh, I've heard that all my life, but what does it really mean and how does it address worry today? You know, we all worry, I think, because we have a lot on our minds. We do. Life is complex. It's extremely complex and we have many things, a lot of balls up in the air, a lot of plates that are spinning, most of us do. And so we have a lot of things to worry about. And I would suggest that maybe 90% of us this morning could very quickly verbalize something that we're worried about right now. Something that's troubling us, something that's on our mind a little bit. And I found myself, even as a minister, even having studied this text and even having prepared this message, the other night I was laying in bed and I was worrying. I couldn't get to sleep. I was thinking about all these things that are going on that, that need to be taken care of, and I was worried, you know? So I have to admit, I'm a fellow struggler with you if you struggle with this, but we all worry about something. For some, it's their jobs. You know, we're being told that there will be cuts. Uh, the, will the economy survive? Will it fail? Are you going to lose your job? Some worry about that. Some are worried about their families. Some are worried about their kids. If you've got kids, you're probably worried about them at some point. You worry about their school or their problems or their health or something. Are they going to be headed in the right direction? You know, one study said parents average 70, or excuse me, 37 hours a week worrying about their kids. I mean, that's a full-time job worrying about your kids. So if you do that, you understand, you, you connect with that. Some people are worried about their health. Uh, maybe you've got some test results that are hanging out there, or some have come back and they don't sound good, or you've had x-rays made, or uh, you've got blood work that you're waiting on, or you've got heart issues. There's any number of things that people can worry about. Some are worried about their marriages. Some are worried about the struggle and unhappiness that they have, or maybe their spouse seems to be unhappy, or maybe worried about getting older. It's going to happen. There's only a couple of options there. But are you going to be okay when you get older? Or maybe you're worried about money. 
What are you going to do with all the money? No, that's not what you worry about, right? We were on money. What are we going to do about the lack of money? You know, the shortage of money, debt or retirement. I don't know what you're troubled about today, but like I say, most people could find something if asked that they would be worrying about. Here's what Jesus said about worry from Matthew chapter six. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry. I guess we're done. <laughs> I guess a little more complex than that, a little more, um, a little deeper. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body or what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So Jesus said one basic thing about worry. He said, don't do it. Do not worry. You know, a lot of us my age and, and or so, we remember a guy named Bob Newhart. I don't know if you remember him. Bob Newhart show had a couple of shows. Uh, but on one, he was a psychologist and a woman comes in and says she's worried that somebody's going to put her in a box and bury her. And he questions her and she admits that nobody's ever threatened to do that. Nobody's ever done that to her. And so Newhart, very quickly, if you remember this clip, I love it. He says, stop it. Just stop worrying about it. Stop thinking about it. There's no reason that you should do that. I love that clip, and it sounds really, really easy, right? But Jesus goes even deeper than that. He says, don't worry. Do not worry. When you worry, you actually are disobeying a direct command from Jesus. I know it's hard not to, but he really says, do not worry about things. And you say, well, if it only were that easy, you know, I mean, I just can't help but worry. People say that worry is natural, worry is normal, and you can't stop doing it. At the end of the message, I'm going to tell you one redeemable fact about worry, okay? There's only one thing I can think of, but right now, let's talk about how bad it is. Stuff happens to you, and when stuff happens, it creates worry, and there's always something out there's happening. There's always something that could happen. You think about that. But you know what? Jesus said that you have a choice whether you worry or not. Worry is a choice. It really is. It may be a habit, but it's also a choice. Between when stuff happens and when you start to worry, you have a time to choose, am I going to worry about it? Is this worth my time, my expense, what it's going to cost to worry? You see, worry is a decision that you make. You can decide to not worry, and you can stop worrying now. You have that power through Christ. How do I know that? Because the Bible says, the Philippians 4, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Not worrying would fall into one of those categories. You can do this. Christ gives you the strength and the command to not worry. So it's pretty simple. If Jesus tells us not to do something, then he will give us the power to not do it. 
But he also is very practical in his teachings. Jesus really is, especially in the Sermon on the Mount. And so he gives us three reasons here why we should not worry. First of all, he says, worry doesn't do anything. It doesn't change anything. In verse 27, it says, can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? That's what we call a rhetorical question, right? No. You cannot change anything. Can't add any time to your life. You can't change anything really uh, about it by worrying about it. So why worry about why, about something when it doesn't achieve anything? It's very non-productive. But while it's non-productive, it exhausts you. It wears you out mentally. It, it does, you know, you don't accomplish anything, but it, but it wears you out. It's the worst kind of work, right? If worry actually helped anything or changed anything or prevented or protected anything, then it might be worth the effort, but worry doesn't change anything. It's meaningless. It doesn't cure anything. It doesn't add to anything. It doesn't solve anything. It doesn't pay anything. It doesn't restore anything. It doesn't heal anything. If you think about it, worry only does one thing. It makes things worse. It makes things worse. And sometimes the more we worry about something in our mind and we decide to act sometime out of panic or desperation or whatever it is, we actually make things worse by worrying about them. So practically, it's just kind of dumb to do it because it doesn't accomplish anything. You know, worry seems like a really small thing. And for many people, it almost seems unavoidable. Like I can't, how many people, I can't help but worry. I know I shouldn't, but I can't help but worry. People say that knowing that it's not going to change anything, but worry takes a toll on your peace of mind, and it takes a toll on your health as well. In fact, worry amplifies whatever it is you're worrying about. If you don't think that's true, share what you're worrying about with someone else, and then they start worrying about it, and you've just kind of created a whole culture of worry among your friends. It adds skies and scope and weight to whatever it is you're worried about. In many cases, what you're worried about doesn't even exist. I heard a figure one time, and I don't know if it's right or where it even came from, that 95% of what we worry about never happens. So we spend our time and energy worrying about something that isn't real, that doesn't exist, and isn't going to happen anyway. And that's crazy, right? It's emotionally crippling and it's physically destructive. Dr. Charles Mayo of the Mayo Clinic up in um, New York, I believe, he wrote this, worry affects the circulation, the heart, the glands, and the whole nervous system. I've never heard or known of a man to die of overwork, but I have known a lot who died of worry. People put themselves in an early grade by worrying when they shouldn't do it. You know, the, the word worry comes from an old German word that kind of means uh, to strangle or to choke, to strangle or choke. And you know, when I read that, I thought, man, I identify with that personally. I identify with that because there have been a few times in my life when I worried, I'll admit that, or I've been stressed, and the way that my body reacts is that I feel like I'm, gonna, I'm being choked. I can't get a deep breath. First time it happened when I was younger, it really scared me. I thought I had something going on there. Uh, but I can't, I can't get my lungs full. I can't, I can't breathe. I can't get that deep breath. And so, man, when it talks about being choked or strangled, I get that. That's what worry does to us. That's where the word comes from. Jesus is saying here, you don't need that. Don't do that to yourself. It's not good. It's not healthy. It doesn't change anything either. So don't worry because it doesn't accomplish anything. Secondly, we shouldn't worry because God cares about us. 
He goes on this, look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See, the lilies of the field, the flowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of them. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow was thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? You know, I think we worry oftentimes because we feel kind of alone and helpless, like nobody can do anything about our problem or about our issue or our worry or whatever's going on in our world. But you know what? There's one truth that runs throughout the entire Bible, and that is the simple fact that you matter to God. God cares about you, whatever you're going through. Other people may minimize it. You may feel like, oh, it's not enough to worry about or think about, uh, but you do internally stress over that. But understand that whatever it is in your mind that you could say, I'm where I could worry about today, that God knows about that and it matters to him. Even if it's not a spiritual thing, it matters to him. He is not some distant, disconnected, unconcerned and anonymous being up there who doesn't know about you, doesn't care about you. He really does care. He passionately, lovingly cares for you. Jesus said, well, look at creation how God knows everything about what's going on. In Matthew 10, it says that not a single sparrow can fall to the ground without your father knowing it. Have you ever seen those large masses of birds that fly in different patterns? That's called murmurization. I'm so proud of myself for knowing that word. I just, I just like that word. Every now and then I just say, see that, Lori? That, that's murmurization. doesn't mean anything to her, but it's a great, it's a great word. You can use that. Feel free to do so. How many birds are, you, are in one of those groups, you suppose? How many birds you suppose there are in the world? Can't even imagine. And yet Jesus knows when one of those birds falls to the ground. If he knows about something that is so insignificant, that doesn't live very long, doesn't it make sense that God knows about you and about what's going on when you're made in his image and his, you are his creation? And he says, birds, they don't, they don't plant or harvest or store up food. They're, they don't do that at all. But God takes care of them, right? And you know, one way for some of you, all he takes care of them is you put bird feeders out. You, you're prompted to say, I'm going to help God take care of these birds now. And so you do that. But you know what? There's always natural food for the birds. God provides for them in a natural way. Plants grow all summer and die, have berries and seeds, and, and God provides for them. They don't worry though. They don't stress. You are more valuable than any bird that's ever lived. He cares for you. He's going to take care of you. Jesus said, look at the, when you worry about what, you're, what you might wear, look at the flowers. They don't sew, they don't make their clothes, and yet their colors and designs are fantastic. To look close at a flower, that are, they are so different, so many varieties. God created those, and they recreate every year. If God invests that much in a flower, that bloom will only last for a few days. Don't you think that God will care for you? Don't you know that God will take care of you? Do you really think that God's going to abandon you in your time of need if he puts so much attention, detail, and care into something that lasts a short time? And I don't know if you noticed when we read through this, Jesus said, oh, you of little faith. And that's really what it comes back to when we worry. It all comes back to faith. Why do you have so little faith? That's why we worry about things. We forget 
that our Father in heaven's in control, and we try to take it on ourselves to solve it, to fix it. And what we have to do or need to do in so many cases is to understand that God has it. Let God take care of it. Give it to God and let God, let it rest there. Put it in his hands and let go of it. So do not worry saying, what are we going to eat or what are we going to drink or what are we going to wear? He said, the pagans run after all these things. Those who are unbelievers, they don't trust that God cares for them, but your heavenly father knows that you need them. And if you believe that, if you truly believe that, then you ought to act like that. You know what they call believing something, but not acting on it? They call that basically functional atheism. That if we know that, but we don't live like that, then we're functioning as atheists. And I don't mean to, to make you feel guilty or give you something else to worry about for sure, but we need to be convicted of God's love and God's power and presence and care for us. Remember that God cares. And here's a third reason we shouldn't worry is that God's trustworthy. Not only does God care, but he can do something and will do something about it. Jesus said, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. What does that mean? It means that we are to put God first and above everything. And if we seek God first, he will save us, but he will also give us all these things as well. That's what it means, that we, if we seek self first, if we seek these things first, that, then we can worry about them because God isn't in them. But if we seek God first, he will save us eventually, but he's also going to give us all the other things too. If we seek all the other things, we're going to spend our time and lives full of worry, and we might not even get what we seek, but we're going to miss the most important treasure of all. So put God first above family and job and interest and money. Put him first, seek him first, Jesus said. Follow his principles, respect his way, imitate his example, seek to please him, live the way he lived. Now that doesn't mean though that we don't do our part. You can't just be happy-go-lucky and not put any work into it either. Martin Luther said, I work as if it all depends on me, but I pray as if it all depends on God. So yes, we have a part to play in that. We need to be responsible and do our part and work that way, but pray and have faith as it all depends on God. So live for God and trust him above everything else. And then he says, we're going to be given all that we need. And in my experience, all that we want and more beyond that. And if you were here last week, I, I think this topic kind of goes back. You know, the, the scriptures are not disconnected. They, they flow. And last week, if you recall, we talked about giving to God. We talked about how we handle our finances. If you honor God with your giving first, and I believe the Bible teaches that, teaches a tithe of our income, honoring God belongs to him. If you seek his kingdom first, he will give you all these other things as well. That's the best understanding that I can make of that. Now, notice here that Jesus doesn't say that God's going to take away what you're worrying about. He doesn't always do that. He can do that. He can do that if he wants to. And that probably is going to be your prayer when you pray, God, take away the things I worry about. But if God doesn't do that, then we need to develop the kind of faith and the level of faith that will trust him in the midst of all that. You see, that kind of faith is not just about trusting him when everything's good, when he takes away the things we worry about, but specifically trusting him when things are not good. 
things are falling apart, then we have to trust God. Instead of worrying, we're going to trust and pray for faith and peace, and we're going to put it in God's hands, knowing that our worry doesn't change anything, knowing that God cares, knowing that God is trustworthy. And let me ask you this, what is the worst thing that could happen to you? What is the very worst thing? Well, typically we think about death being the worst thing, right? We worry that something might happen that we could die, but you know what? We're all going to die someday. Now, nobody wants to do that real soon, but it's going to be a reality someday. And that isn't anything to worry about if you're a Christ follower. It really isn't. In fact, it's something to, to look forward to in many ways. I promise you that heaven is so much better than here that you'll never want to come back. Never. We're doing a study in our small group on heaven. We've been in this book. I thought we would finish it quickly, but this book on heaven, it's amazing to see what the Bible says about heaven. And it should make us long for heaven so, and, and not fear death. We should not fear death as a believer. You say, well, I'm not worried about me. I'm worried about my family that I'm going to leave behind if something were to happen to me. Let me the, the same God that's taking care of you is going to take care of them. So many older people, anyway, I hear them say, well, I, I'm just worried about my spouse or I'm worried about my family. God's going to take care of you, and He's going to take care of your family as well, better than you can take care of them, more than likely. So don't worry about that. Trust God. So our prayers aren't designed just for God to take the problem away. They should be designed for us, uh, for God to give us faith, to trust Him in the hard times, because there will be hard times. And Adam and Eve ruined that a long time ago, you know, when things were easy and was nothing to worry about. Now we're living in the midst of that, and it's a part of our life. It's a part of reality, so we have to acknowledge it's going to happen. And I don't want to diminish faith in any way to compare it to something inferior or like an insurance policy, but you know what? We have insurance to cover what's important to us, right? You know, you have a new vehicle, you insure it. Something happens to it, you hate it, but it's, it's covered, right? In your home, some of you had wind damage. Hopefully, you got insurance to cover that because you insure what's important. We know there's going to be losses. There are going to be accidents. There's going to be fires and wind and natural forces that can destroy what we own. But so you buy insurance because it's a reality, right? You replace it. And you don't worry about something happening. God is the ultimate insurance policy. The ultimate insurance policy. We can let go of the worry knowing that He's got it covered. We're in good hands in, in, with him, you know? He's got us taken care of. Don't worry about that. You know, I've shared before that I've found that God oftentimes gives us more than we can imagine, including our wants. But what he does promise is that he will give us everything that we need, everything that we need. And that means we won't be protected from every danger. We're, we're going to have dangers. We're not going to be cured of every disease. We're going to die sometime. Unless the Lord comes back, it's a guarantee. We won't be kept from every accident that could happen to us. We're going to be saved from eventually death. But no matter what we go through, not only do we need not to worry, but we have the promise that we're going to be given all that we need. And that is a great, great promise. So let me ask you this. What are you worrying about right now? What are you worrying about? But a better question is, why are you worrying about it? Is what you're worrying about exempt from what we've been talking about? Is the, are you so unique that you have something in your life that nobody's ever experienced that God can't handle? Probably not. 
everything that we struggle with and worry about, somebody else has, they've overcome it. God's been faithful to them and, and God will be faithful to you as well. I can't imagine anything outside God's power, the scope of his ability to, to resolve. So whatever you're being worried about, don't do it. You don't have to. It won't solve anything. It really won't. Your worrying may even make it worse for you. You ever heard about getting an ulcer from worrying? Probably. You worry about something and then you get sick from worrying about something. That's even worse. Know that God cares passionately for you and God knows what you're dealing with right now. He is not distant or unknowing. Take it to him. Take it to him. He, he will get you through it and he will give you all that you need to get past no matter what happens in life. He will carry you through. Now, I told you earlier, there's only one thing I could think of that about, that's good about worry. And the only redeemable thing about worry is that it can prompt us to do something. Don't worry about it. Do something about it. Seriously. If you're worried about money, then, then change the way you deal with your money. I mean, stop, stop it. <laughs> stop doing that. If you worry you spend too much money, stop spending it. If you worry you're not saving, start saving. If you're worried about your health down the road, then do something to get past that, you know, start treating yourself, caring for yourself better. Are you worried about your kids? Sometimes we worry about our kids, but we're not really investing in our kids. We're distant from them. We're not leading well. So if you're not leading well, start doing that. Are you worried about death? Well, do whatever you can to prolong that. But most importantly, understand that there is something beyond this life. And you prepare for that. That's the only redeemable thing that worry can do. It can prompt us to do something. And so I would say to you, if you're worried about your eternity, that's fixable because of Jesus. He's already taken care of that for you. But you have to trust him and put your life into his hands. If you worry about that, let your worry prompt you to get right with God through Jesus. That's the best thing you can possibly do. Now, as far as the little things as believers, I think it's impossible for us to worry and pray at the same time. I think it's impossible. And so we're going to close out this morning with prayer. And I'm going to kind of guide you through this. And I want you to be honest. You don't have to tell anybody but God what, what's going on. But I'm going to ask you to bow with me. And we're going to just kind of talk through some things that I believe will help us help alleviate our worry and lay down our worry. All right. So just close your eyes. And, uh, and I want to challenge you to tell God what is worrying you right now, the things on your mind. I've only got a couple minutes, so keep it short, all right? But just tell God what you're worrying about. Next, tell him that you know he cares. In light of what you're worrying about, tell him that you know he cares about those things. And tell God that you trust him with those things, that you know that he cares and that he is trustworthy. And now ask him to give whatever it is that you need to be able to deal with those worries. And now, like we should always do, thank him for promising you that you don't have to worry. Thank him. Be grateful.
Heavenly Father, thank you for this time we have together. Lord, thank you for your word. Father, while it's human for us to, to be worried and stressed, we know that, God, there is nothing that in our lives that could possibly be beyond your scope of forgiveness, your scope of uh, provision, of resolving and caring for. God, thank you that you do care for us. Lord, I pray that each of us would understand that and that, Father, we would trust you and lay down whatever it may be that's troubling us. Father, I pray that if there are those here this morning who do not know you, that, Lord, they would understand that um, they are beyond, they are outside of your protective power. And, Lord, especially if they worry about eternity and their presence with you or absence with you, Lord, that that worry would prompt someone to give their life to Christ. Father, I pray that you would move us toward you, would light our fire as believers in a way that not only we worry, but we'd be an example to the world of people who trust you in amazing ways, unlike anyone else. People would look at us and want what we have because we have confidence and faith. Trust in you, Lord. Father, help us not to ruin life, ruin the lives of others, or ruin our health by constantly worrying, complaining, and, and being anxious about things, no matter how big they may be, but to always give them to you, Lord. Father, I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to stand in a moment, a time of prayer. I know uh, Humero's going to step forward if you'd like to pray with her. I'll be up front as well. If you have something on your heart, on your mind that you want to lay down, you want to give to the Lord, or you want someone to pray with you about, uh, feel free to step forward. You, there's also the, the prayer benches up here that you can go and just spend some time alone with the Lord. Let's stand together and worship Him.